But what does all this mean for you, the tennis string expert? Together with you, we're going to make PS Hyosheet Power String a byword throughout Europe. After all, it's not every day you can offer people a revolution. Together, we're going to give all those hundreds of thousands of mid-size and oversize tennis players the very best string for their rackets. PS Hyosheep Power String. Together, we're going to give them the clearest and most effective information about strings they could wish for. In a nutshell, we're going to set the strings of Europe humming. And this is our strategy. Amanda Yanucci on 1FM, Pearl Harbor to Simon Mayo's Japanese invasion. Get your tractors off our lawn. This is uh, Get the Message from uh, Electronic. are named in honour of the popular electromagnetic force, electricity. Incensed. the same as Bill Withers' Lovely Day. Electronics Bernard Sumner and Johnny Marr met while they were both caught in a trap. 
Johnny Marr is a woodwork fanatic. He recently made himself a beautiful wife called Janie. I am incensed. Incensed. Bernard Sumner once left his five gloves in a hotel bar. Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, it's lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, it's a lovely day. One o'clock and time for today's big issue. Last year, Penny Venters, the marketing manager of Durex, the third biggest women alone, has increased by 19%. And uh, thanks, Emma. Uh, still taking your homework calls. We're now opening the whole thing up to anything. What do you want to know about anything? Just ring us up 071 302. We're playing games all evening. We've had the, uh, the telephone relay. I think we've got two people for the shout wrestling. Hello, are you there? Hello? Hi, who's that? Adam from Plumstead. Adam from Plumstead, and have you got an opponent there? Yeah, hi. Hi, who are you? It's Richard from Bracknell. Richard from Bracknell, so you're not in the same room? No. Okay, well, here are the rules. Uh, when, I count to th- when I give you the word, I want you to shout at each other as loud as you can and for as long as you can until I say stop, and we'll judge which one is the best, all right? And we've got <laughs> Philip Dawson's in here to adjudicate. Hello, Philip. Hello there. Okay, Hello. so Richard v. Adam, get ready, get your tonsils ready. Three, two, one, go! <laughs> Richard's got the edge. <laughs> Definitely. Adam's we get come back. Okay, stop! 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 You can't part them! Three, two, one, stop! Stop! Okay, Philip, which one's best? Well, it was uh, very tight there, but it was uh, Adam. Adam! Oh. Adam, you've won! Oh. Yeah? Yeah, do you know. Won? Yeah, do you know what you've won? No. Nah. Oh. Oh dear. <laughs> Alright, sorry then. <laughs> well, well, you'll pick something up soon then. We'll send you something. Thanks very much for coming on. Bye. Oh, they've gone. <laughs> okay, time to go over to uh, the EC, uh, the heated uh, European community negotiations in Brussels, and to take a closer look at what exactly goes on behind the big doors that they have there. Uh, we join our microphones live as the 12 countries debate Finland's application for membership. Yep. Uh, regarding the uh, application of Finland to mm-hmm. be the next country to uh, join us. Hello. Hello there. We have a concern that Finnish people are very boring idiots. I understand the point you have made here, but I would counter that, and my evidence mm-hmm. for this is mm-hmm. uh, is a very important uh, film was made in Finland <laughs> some seven years ago, the film Pathfinder, which is the only film ever to be made in the Lapland language. If we could just look at the subsection here, music. Mm. Uh, for all of us here, we have like we have even Belgium, Plastic Bertrand, Roxette uh, from Sweden, Sweden uh, very yeah, good. Yes. Uh, Norway with uh, Aha, Aha, Aha. Um, and of, of course Britain with the flying pickets. <laughs> Who is Finland music? Uh, the Finnish uh, 
the guitar and uh, stick musician uh, Ian Norman. Well, strictly speaking, he is not Finnish, but he has visited on one occasion. He was there for some uh, for a day. If yeah. I may just uh, come in there, the thing about uh, your application is that you are a stinking liar. For many years, the Finnish people's only method of survival has been to lie and use mm-hmm. ingenuity and deception. I see. No, I was hoping you would admire this quality in us of cunning. No. Similarly, like in Finland, we have a history of extreme bravery under uh, difficult, stressful situations uh, like uh, uh, some snow has fallen and no one is afraid of it. The specific allegation is that you are a stinking liar. Take on board here that we do work with fish a lot of the time mm. and uh, the stink wears off on you. Mr. Chairman, while we're on the subject of fish, may I just mm-hmm. uh, ask our representative of Finland, uh, is there one single recipe from Finland that uh, we in Italy would not be ashamed to cook? Raw fish or the fish cut into strips, or a fish mm. finger as we call yes. it, uh, which is also eaten raw, but is in a strip form. Admittedly, uh, most of the fish we eat in Finland is imported from uh, from the UK. Uh, the Finnish people are too lazy, and the stink of their own bodies prevents them from rising in the morning to work. And also the large amount of pornography ah. that the country has means people just stay inside, you know, uh, with oh. making their own amusement. Hopefully we could come to some sort of trade arrangement with the Dutch of read the pornography. That would be Uh, two mags for ten pound or three for twenty. I have a question. If you look at Finnish people from uh, with light behind them, you cannot see their eyebrows. We have discussed this back at home in Finland, and uh, what we have agreed to do is to always approach other EC members from a certain angle, so mm. that the light is uh, shining onto uh, our faces, and you can see that we do have some facial hair. I think know. that's I think that's very acceptable. Um, I mean, given the fact that we have uh, an Italian woman here, and I um, think we have uh, adequate hair for the whole community. That's a medley from uh, the EC. And uh, now some news about next week on Radio 1. Lord Justice Taylor is in courtroom one of the Old Bailey on Monday, Bristol County Court Tuesday to Friday, and live and exclusive to 1FM Sheffield Municipal Courtrooms this Saturday evening. Keep it on 1FM, the official station for coverage of Lord Justice Taylor. And it's uh, 18 to 10. We've got uh, Andrew Johnson, our uh, livestock haulage contractor, in. Uh, we're asking for your questions. And I think we've got a question for you, uh, Andrew. Very uh, good. On the phone. Hello, hello, David. Hello. Hi. Is that David? Yeah. And uh, do you want to give your question to Andrew, please? Yeah, hello, Andrew. Hello. Um, I'd like to know if uh, a small skip is appropriate what method of transport for pigs and hens and the like. A skip? Yeah, quite uh, a small skip. A small skip. What's it contained before? Um... Well, it's it's moist, moist things. Moist things. Uh, you see, moistness uh, can be a problem with the uh, new Belgian EC regulations. I would advise you to dry your skip thoroughly before use. With a with a towel. With a towel or a small piece of flannel. All right, thank you very much. Could, could you put something big and absorbent in the skip to kind of quickly dry it? Well, uh, name me a, a good piece of absorbent livestock, and I'll uh, haul it. Uh, a huge sheep. Mm. <laughs> Well, if it hadn't been sheared recently, there could be a degree of absorbency. But okay. I don't know if you've ever tried to absorb large quantities of liquid with a sheep. I certainly have, and it's not easy. Oh, right. Sorry, I was trying to catch you out there, Andrew, but uh, obviously haven't. Just uh, hang with us there. I think we've also got a, a homework question uh, from someone. Hello. Hello. Who's that? Hello. Uh, it's Gareth from Hi. Henry. You've got a homework question? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to know what are the advantages and disadvantages of monoclonal and polyclonal antibodies? Oh, right. Right, mm-hmm. one that verges mm-hmm. on uh, uh, our livestock contractors' territory. Peter. 
yeah. yeah. Um, basically, the uh, the first ones last longer and, uh, <laughs> right. and easier to store in a wardrobe. OK, have you yes. got that? Yeah, thank you. Cheers, then. Thanks a lot. OK, uh, on now to mountaineering. And uh, this week, some men with beards were discovered in the jungles of uh, Malaysia. And uh, we all uh, were glued to the uh, story of the uh, kind of the discovery of the stupid men who went wandering for 20 days and 20 nights into a tunnel. Um, <laughs> any views? You just wonder why they did it when they could just get a helicopter to the top or, or one of those funiculars, yeah, yes. the, like the railway things. Or to the bottom, they were going to the bottom. They talked about, they said they kind of lived off peppermints yeah. and uh, biscuits yeah. and so on, yeah. which uh, originally you would have thought that's a bit kind of uh, weird. Silly, how are they going to do that? But yeah. I actually read that that place where they kind of ended up was the only place in the world where peppermints grow wild. Mm. Oh, that's useful. They get... actually ate worms as well, but they weren't worms that they found, they were actually pre-packaged worms that they took with them. Oh, Findus yep. worms, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. It's amazing, though, because they go into these places like called Death Valley and <laughs> yeah. Don't Come Down Here, Gulch and all this sort of thing. Yes. I believe the place that got lost was Don't Come Down Here or You'll Be Stuck for 32 Days. Um, you might get found at the end if you put SOS in black rocks on some white rock. Valley. Previs. Yeah, all right, I think so. Uh, Andrew, oh, hello. I, I, no, no, sorry. No, musical theme there. I don't understand mountaineers generally. I mean, like, why do they make things so difficult with themselves? Like, you've got, you know, mountaineers trying to get up Everest without oxygen. Yeah. What is the point of that when there is oxygen available? You know, yeah. why make it hard? It's like trying to go shopping without bags or like having mm. a bath and then trying to dry yourself with no mm. towel. Just but that's what they do. That's what they do. It's a challenge. Out of cup. Because yeah. it's there. It's there. Yeah. Actually, uh, Peter, yeah. uh, you don't play your guitar, but uh, uh, you've kept strangely quiet on this one, which is yes. which is uh, a surprise, actually, because you are um, I am a mountaineer. Involved. You are a I'm mountaineer. Tell us a bit more. Uh, well, I'm a mountaineer with a difference. I'm yeah. a, mo a modern mountaineer, especially given what's happened to these guys. Yeah. Uh, I work from home. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. you know this sort work? of teleworking where people are being given a computer terminal? Yeah. I have a computer terminal at home. Yeah. And what basically what I do is my day is I get up at about 7 o'clock, mm -hmm. I put on all the gear, I put on the, the backpack, all the crampons and everything. Yeah. I go downstairs and I sit at the computer terminal and I mountaineer for about eight hours. Right, onto, from the, the, onto the terminal. Yeah, it's uh, what, very, very comfortable. How do you kind of introduce an element of uh, kind of danger and uncertainty into well, that Well, sort of uh, I'm the company that employs me has uh, provided me with a small well... Yeah. which is just about to take my body size, is 70 feet deep. Right. And um, if I make a mistake whilst I'm mountaineering on the computer, then I'm actually duty-bound to then go and plunge headfirst down the well onto a rock. OK. Oh, hang on. Special theme there from Rebecca. Yeah, uh, Question? I mean, don't you get a bit lonely? Because obviously you miss out on yeah. the sort of comradeship of other mountaineers. Camaraderie. Well, yeah, having said Good that, question. but my family are Good there. Word. My kids are there, my wife's there, oh, right. you know, my, you know, my right. wife will come across but, with supplies. But how about, like, I mean, people kind of go mountaineering in groups of seven and things. Oh, yeah, well, we do that. I mean, mm. that still happens. You, you still have to retain, for safety reasons, you have to mm. have, connect, be connected by rope. So you have seven people yeah. around the country all connected by rope, which we are connected by rope. How is that, how is that, what, done? done it, it goes down the telephone line. The, the rope... Goes, goes yes, down the, the telephone line. physically goes down the telephone line and connects us all together. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, thanks very much for uh, kind of uh, showing us uh, that side of mountaineering. Um, it's uh, bleh, 13 minutes to 10. Time for Mary with the context of fear. Thanks, Armando. And total fear, I'm afraid, is still in operation in Norfolk. That's mainly due to people worrying about fire. Meanwhile, in Leicester, there's considerable apprehension about the speed of changing fashion. Up in Newcastle, there should be some disquiet all afternoon because of residents' fears about an escaped nun. And there's quite a large level of fear in the south due to a row of serial killers being installed all along the A40. And that's the context of fear for today. 
Um, and I think we've got another question for Andrew, our Livestock College contractor. Hello, who's there? Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm very well. Who's your name? Who's uh, your Justin. name? Justin. Justin, OK. And uh, who's your question? Right, I'm transporting uh, 70,000 bulls from Spain in the back of my car. Ah, oh, interesting. Week. Yeah, hi there. And, hi. Uh, should I wear a red T-shirt or not? Because, you know, they're pretty dangerous, aren't they? The bulls with red T-shirts? Uh, I wouldn't recommend a register. How big is your car, by the way? It's okay. It's got electric windows anyway, so... <laughs> oh, well, you should be fine, then. Oh, it's okay. Right. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, sit as far in front of them as you can. Yeah, well, well it's okay, yeah. But and, and if you wear those sort of string-backed gloves? Oh, no problem at all. I always wear those kind of things. Plus, I've got a lot I of thought you might, boots actually. as well, so... Yes. Okay, uh, if you have one of those little few orange things, they tend to like those. They dangle from your mirror. Yeah. It gives them puzzles. Okay on the, on, the, on, the, on the cassette? Uh, it's, music's an irrelevance with bulls. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> Thanks very much for your question. Amanda Yanucci on 1FM. Wicked, but not wicked enough to merit criminal investigation. OK, it's time now for Fight of My Life. Uh, some of the best fights uh, sent in in letter form from you... Uh, my listeners <clears throat> Dear Armando I feel I must write to you about a fight that took place in the surgical unit of St Thomas's Hospital Sheffield My 74 year old father had been booked in to have some phlegm removed and as we entered the hospital I was pleasantly surprised by the warmth of our reception A young nurse stepped forward to greet my father with a kiss on the lips while another presented me with a live cockatoo most unusually, the chief registrar, who is normally a deaf-mute, simply stood there shouting, Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. At four o'clock that afternoon, in readiness for the operation, my father was taken off to be scrubbed and foiled. Two hours elapsed as I waited patiently outside the theatre. In all that time, nobody came out, but I noticed that gradually more and more people arrived and went inside. That afternoon, I counted a total of 89 health officials enter the theatre. Throughout that time, I could hear muffled cries and tearing of skin, and what I could only imagine was the sound of my father having his head repeatedly banged against a very hard monitor and then smashed into a tray of anaesthetics. At that point, a nurse came out with an exhausted but satisfied look on her face and, noticing my worry, came over and said, I have some bad news about your father. I'm afraid Dr Gillicuddy has asked him for a fight. Immediately, I jumped up and rushed into the operating theatre, only to be confronted by the most terrible sight ever to concuss the retina of a man's eye. A pack of 120 doctors were grouped in a circle, shouting like drunken antelopes and throwing money into a ring, while a choir of schoolchildren stood in a corner singing songs of incitement. And there in the centre was Dr Gillicuddy, wrestling on the ground with an old man. My father was no match for Dr Gillicuddy. His crinkled body was severely hampered by 17 large drips still connected to his mouth, but taking this into account, I was still impressed by Dr Gillicuddy's technique. He grappled well and had at his command a fine series of holds and stuns which managed to dupe his foe into making some stupid positional errors for which he was rightly punched. The elder fighter disappointed with his breathlessness and it was a joy to watch the young pretender mop the floor up with his face. At the end of the match, as my father was dragged off looking like some ancient swab, I congratulated Dr Gillicuddy on his fine attack and collected my winnings from a small bet I had made five minutes previously. 
I've not seen Dr. Gillicuddy since then, but I'm writing to thank him for his efforts, for the enjoyment he provided on that day, and for his supple demonstration of the power of youth, a fact that my father to this day does not understand. Yours, Audrey Simpson, Bristol. My mind's telling me no But my body My body's telling me yes Baby I don't want to hurt nobody But there is something that I must confess What you need, girl uh, Baby, bring your body hey, hey, hey. to me uh, Nobody here I'm not fooling around with you Baby, my love is true With you Is where, is where I wanna be Question. Hello, who's that? Uh, it's um, Richard from London. Richard, what's your question? Um, is Lord of the Fries optimistic or pessimistic in its moral implications? <laughs> Richard's um, got an answer. I, I had the answer to that, but the dog ate it. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> it's pessimistic. It's pessimistic. Yep. Well, what do okay. you think, mate? You're the bloke studying it, aren't you? Yeah, I know, but I need your help. Have you ever killed a oh. fat bloke? <laughs> <laughs> I think that answers your question. <laughs> 
Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay, time now for more public news, and once again, it's news as written by a nine-month-old baby. John Major will not give way to European Community pressure on voting arrangements. I want some milk. He says Britain's position remains firm and is prepared to stake his leadership on it. I've done a smell in my nappy. Uh, that's the news, and uh, just time to kind of wind everything else up. Uh, thanks for everyone, and uh, thanks very much for uh, Emma Freud for providing us with all her information. Thanks, Emma. Easy top and pincushion. It's three minutes past one. You're listening to the lunchtime programme on Radio One, and this is offensive. Uh, yes, it was. And uh, also, uh, we're just going to play out, really, with uh, yet another of our marvellous mega mixes. This is the club remix of Mariah Carey's number one hit, uh, Without You. Thanks very much to Richard Herring, Stuart Lee, David Schneider, Rebecca Franz and Pete Bainham. Thanks very much to Ben Moore for sitting in the corner. Thanks to Miriam Jones for all her help. To producer Sarah Smith. In uh, two weeks' time... Two weeks' time, April 11th, there's a special compilation programme uh, of the last four weeks. That's, that's pathetic, ridiculous. isn't it? Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> special compilation going out at this time in two weeks' time. That's the 11th of April, also on the 11th of April. If you're bored with that, you can go to uh, Crackers Comedy Club, which uh, opens in uh, Pollock Shields, Glasgow on the 11th of April. Keep comedy live. And uh, finally, we end uh, with uh, a special idea from uh, Rachel. Thanks for the idea for this one, which is news as written by a dog. Virgin boss Richard Branson launches another attack on British Airways. The 42-year-old entrepreneur has an interesting smell. At a press conference this morning, he criticised their pricing policy and a man dropped some chips outside, which I ate quickly. Thanks. 
Okay, we're going to add to the remix with some of our instruments here. Off you go. Goodbye. Bye. 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 the most fun I've ever had. Mark Radcliffe's next. It's 10 o'clock.